0: La 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 la. She's like, who is this goonie? And get him out of the house. Pa 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 pa, pa, pa. <coughs> Is he being really weird, Missy? <laughs>
1: Sorry, Missy.
0: Look at her face. She's dead stazed that I'm going out with you. Mm. <laughs>
1: I right know. Welcome to episode eight of Movie Explaining to My Girlfriend, a movie rewatch podcast where a movie nerd tests the limits of his long suffering partner's patience by forcing her to watch a movie and then listen to a variety of useless information about said movie. I'm your host, Connor Quinlan. I'm joined by my co host and partner, Andrea Tai. Hi, Andrea.
0: Hi, Connor.
1: So last week we did. What did we do? Oh, Sing Street.
0: Yeah, it was a great
1: one. It was good. We got on.
0: We pretty did. well we d- we got on so well i actually think we might get on this week as well
1: we should do if yeah. we don't if any arguments start this week uh, there's no hope for us
0: no i
1: suppose <laughs> um we've had have a few more people messaging us nowadays about the for sure. podcast, which is really nice lovely of people yes um if more of them could start agreeing with me that would be great
0: that's never
1: going to happen we have different types of friends right <laughs> you have friends that are like your hype squad. They
0: Yes, as women should be.
1: They should, absolutely. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but So you're hearing from them, Oh, you're so right about your movie spending corner or your 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 lookalike corner. You're so right. I totally agree with you. Totally agree your with you. Your friends
0: are doing that too.
1: No, my friends do it just to stick it to me. <laughs> like That's what I'm saying. We're two different types of friends. Your friends hype you up. My friends put me down, so what am I left with?
0: No, they're just putting you down because they're realising I'm right. They're not doing it to harm you.
1: Yeah, but you're not overwhelmingly right.
0: Oh, I am. And you're just upset about it. That's okay. It's okay to be wrong, Connor. It's okay. No, I'm
1: not wrong. (laughs) It's all right. Don't call me wrong. (laughs) Um, So, this week for episode eight, we are revisiting one of my all-time favourites, As mm-hmm. Good As It Gets, released in 1997, directed by James L. Brooks and starring Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, and I've written down Cuba Gooding Jr., but he's not even... A... No. Greg Kinnear. That's yeah. who I meant to write down. Um, brilliant cast. Really good. Yeah. So when when did you first watch the film? What, what genius guided you towards this gem of a film that's become one of your favourites?
0: Um... When I saw the picture of the dog on the front cover... <laughs>
1: no, um, no, 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 no.
0: No, let me finish. And Jack Nicholson, the icon. Um, that, I I was... I couldn't not watch it.
1: Okay, I made you watch this film and you loved it, right? <laughs> yeah, I <loved> it. <laughs> you loved it to begin with. Like, I... Th- this, This was a film, one of those films that was always on in my house growing up. Yeah. It came out in 97. I was six.
0: So no.
1: my... Uh, my family were watching it all the time, my siblings. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I got into it. I probably watched it all the way through when I was about 10 or 11 first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was one of the first DVDs I bought back in the mm-hmm. day as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. And I I don't watch it every year, but every couple of years for sure. And it, it I always expect to like it less.
0: Oh, it's amazing.
1: This time I watched it with a bit more of a critical eye. Okay. But... Overall, it's still one of my all time favorites.
0: Yeah. Me what, too. So,
1: after I made you watch it, did you watch it again?
0: Yeah, I've watched it twice since, I think. And yeah. then we and went and watched it again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a real comfort film for me now.
1: We didn't, uh, we actually didn't get Alex's review of it, but you watched it oh, with she your sister loves Alex. It. Yeah, yeah, I can't
0: imagine her not liking it. You know, she loves the humor. Yeah. She yeah. loves Jack Nicholson. Mm. That's what it is. So, I think she'll watch anything with him in it.
1: He is so good in this film, yeah. especially. Um, brilliant yeah no I I think I realised something the other day I think this is the film that I like the most that I don't have on blu-ray
0: mm, okay noted. I do on
1: yes um, Christmas, Christmas is yeah, coming <laughs> that'd be a cheap old person but yeah uh, you can get that in CX probably for like yeah. three quid uh, okay will we go on to the hits and misses of the film yeah so sure. let's hear your first hit
0: um, so my first hit is out of the soundtrack and I, like, especially in the car journey that, mm. that they're on, that was my favourite scene. Like, I love that. Well, it's Van not Morrison. my favourite scene. It's not my favourite scene. I tell a lie. <laughs> but it's up there as one of the best scenes because it reminded me of my childhood going in the car with my dad mm. and him pulling out his, you know, organised CDs. Like, they obviously didn't say, you know, for awkward situations yeah, and things yeah. like that. But he used to have a load of CDs. Yeah, a lot of Van Morrison and stuff. Yeah. And it was just quite reminiscent for me. So that's why that's I liked nice. it so much.
1: And how about the score? Did you notice the score? No, I,
0: I was. It's nice, but it wasn't. Do you know who did the score? No. Oh my gosh! Someone pretty big. No, really. Yeah. Who? Hans Zimmer. I knew
1: this. I did knew you? that. No, I knew okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you say that now. No,
0: no, no. Yeah. I did know that. <laughs> I listen to him all the time. But it's but it's
1: mad. Like it, it, we think of Hans Zimmer or Christopher Nolan. Now you and think
0: of like these powerful films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, true. That's it. No, yeah. No. It was it was a good soundtrack, but yeah. it wasn't my favorite. I think I was. So sidetracked by the music and it, yeah, like the, yeah. the singing and stuff, that I didn't
1: the one bit focus. Of singing.
0: Not even the one, of. Of, but again, the car ride and stuff, the yeah. old kind of old school nineties mm. esque music. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm rambling. <rammed laughs> right
1: Baba. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go for my first. I think the way the performance, the performances of all the actors. It, it complements the script so well. I think it elevates it the script a little bit. It does. Sorry, there's a bit of noise there from your dog just, like, wheezing away on the
0: couch. <laughs> we uh, had to bring a dog in for this one because, you know, because it's as good in. as it okay. gets.
1: Uh, we should just do films that have dogs in them. Oh, my God, Connor. Is that a better idea for a podcast? I think I like you. Was there a dog in this film? Oh, yeah. it could get sad.
0: It could get sad. But you know what? it's a beautiful kind beautiful. of sad
1: okay that, that, we'll put that on the back burner it might be like a, a season of the podcast <laughs> uh yeah so the way the performances because the characters written on the page are, are pretty great but i think you get especially the the main trio of nicholson mm-hmm. hunt and uh Kinnair, i think they really elevate what's on the page
0: yeah that's really true.
1: big time uh now apparently there were differences of opinions especially with jack nicholson's performance or what the character was because himself and the director james l brooks got into a bit of an argument over it and production had to be shut down shut down for two days
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah which is mad that's crazy but they figured it out i think in the end wow yeah so do you want to go for your second hit
0: yeah my second hit isn't unlike your one there so I just said that the cast is incredible and mm. they click really well. Like there seemed to be a really good bond throughout, even when, you know, they go off to the hotel and stay yeah. the night. There just seemed to be a really good click with everybody. Yeah. Um, and although it's like a weird form of chemistry, I really like Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson mm. paired up together. And I don't know why it works because we said this, there's Strangely. an age gap. Yeah. It feels weird at times, but you're like, why does this work? Why Do you know to much okay of age,
1: age gap did you look it up?
0: No, I didn't. I'd say 30 years, 40 years. 26. Oh,
1: really? 26. Four years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm awful. It's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're <laughs> terrible, jeez.
0: In my head she's still young though, even though she she's is, not. Yeah. She has aged,
1: but Well, she was 34 when that came out. Yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. You know, she has, she's, she's been around older. for a long time. Mm, yeah. Um yeah, they do have good chemistry though. They do. And I think Jack Nixon and Greg Kinnear have amazing chemistry They do. As well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Really good. Okay, so my second is how each of the characters have a journey they have an arc a very clear arc where they begin and where they end yeah. you know uh, Jack Nixon doesn't let people into his life now he's not only letting mm. them in but wanting them yeah, in yeah. Uh, Greg Kinnair is completely at the worst place of all of them at the start of it and yeah. just simple inspiration has gotten him back, into, back on track Yeah, yeah. and then Helen Hunt as well who doesn't have a life outside her son She's finally, because of Jack Nixon's um, kindness, Mm -hmm. she now has opportunities to look after herself a little bit bit more. So yeah, I think it was just very clear. And once you have those clear arcs in the script, you can have so much fun Mm -hmm. within it. So they did very well. Yeah. Uh, Go for your third.
0: Um, It's kind of similar in the sense that, like, well, I kind of spoke about, you know, there's a lovely blend of comedy while also focusing on on important topics Mm. which you see throughout like you see a mother struggling to look after her son and you see the struggles of her living her life but i found that quite emotional because i've seen it through the eyes of parents that i've worked with and stuff and or like you know through children who might have struggles themselves and how difficult it can be um but i also thought that um other topics like you know the mental health and OCD were touched on really well because back then especially they were more of a taboo and you know anyone who might have had that struggle or was dealing with that day to day might have felt a little bit put out or weird mm. and i thought it was just a really nice way of exploring it and you know he we've already said this he definitely has a little bit more than OCD mm. looking at the character now all these years later you know there might have been a You know, he could have been on the spectrum or as such, or, you know, but I think that it explores the different relationships you can have when you might be that open or blunt, and how it can take time, I suppose, for people to get to know that that's just who you are and you can't change. And, like, you know, even when there's moments where he tells her, you know, that he is on pills, and she's starting to discover that you know, he's not just a loony that I meet and talk to in a restaurant. There's a lot more to him and she's open to getting to know him for that. I just thought that whole kind of, you know, spectrum of like mental health and, you know, disabilities and all of that in a weird way was all blended really well with comedy at the same time. Does that sound, make sense? How
1: dare you bring like intellectual realness to this this absolute like. <laughs> I pit can't help it podcast. I can't help it that was that's very very well said thank like, you I, my third is along the same lines just for the OCD awareness yes we, we get all these films every now and again that have a character with some form of mm-hmm. mental health problem or a disability or whatever it is and this was a big one for O C D for sure. I don't I, I'm not an expert. I don't know how right they got it or how wrong they got it, but um they they at least made people aware that it, it exists. So. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't even it wasn't even just the O C D side of it. It was being different and how it yeah. can be really hard to be accepted, like even how angry all of the waiters are getting by Jack Nicholson because he's so blunt and it can come across really rude, but to yeah. him he's just being himself. Yeah, yeah. And that when you kind of Get to know him underneath the surface. He is actually somebody with a heart, and mm. he does have emotion and sincerity behind him. But it's really hard to see that when you meet him straight away. For sure. And yeah. I just thought that was really well told.
1: It was, and I find it. So I'm. I'm going to bring it on to my first miss now, because mm-hmm. I find that like, like his character, part of his, um, his quirk or quirks. Um, uh, he he used a lot of slurs or a lot of insults. Yeah. It, uh, like so, I I think some of the. Slurs like haven't aged brilliantly. No, no. But you know, I I am turning this miss into a little bit of a positive in that, like, you see bits where he literally can't help himself. Yeah. There's a bit where Cubigolding Junior corners him and is is kind of scaring him a little bit, and he's calling for the police. Mm -hmm. And while calling for help from the police he calls them donut munching morons yeah and it's like whoa you can't help yourself like you you really yeah, can't you're looking for someone to save you and you're you're going to yeah and then even i think then when he's when he says to um cuba gooding jr something that's aged very well in a weird way when he says assault and battery and you're black yeah 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 that's the film knows that black people get treated terribly from yeah. cops. This is a few years, I think, after the the Rodney Ki- Rodney um, Rodney King, this mm-hmm. guy who got beaten by by the cops. Uh, so yeah, it was very, very. You know, nothing. Sadly, nothing has changed. But anyway, no. just bringing those slurs, I, th- I think every now and again, it did make me wince. Yeah, but overall, I don't. It didn't ruin my enjoyment, and even it it, it helped the journey. Mm-hmm. Of Jack Nicholson's character, how it began with him being very like into- not intolerant, ignorant towards uh, Greg Kinnear being a gay man, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's similar to Michael Scott in The Office, right? Yeah, how there's a difference, and Steve Carell talked about it. There's a difference between intolerance and ignorance. And I think he was, he was intolerant of everyone. Yeah. It didn't matter yeah, what, yeah. what that person's lifestyle was or, or who they were. He was intolerant to everyone. But he was just ignorant about certain things like sexuality. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, which totally. might.
1: And then it just led to the end, of that beautiful line at the end, where Greg Canaris says, I love you, Melvin. Mm-hmm. And Jack Nicholson says, buddy, I'd be the luckiest man in the world. Yeah. If that did it for me.
0: It was lovely. Wasn't it class? Yeah, it was beautiful.
1: Great line. Um, yeah. So yeah, do you want to go for your first miss?
0: Yeah, so it was kind of on the lines of um, what we were just talking about there and yeah. how things haven't really aged appropriately. So yeah, it was, I suppose, the slurs, the hom- homophobia as well. Mm. And um, they just haven't made majorly um, aged well. But at the same time, we know that it's a part of him and yeah. his character. And that it's not like, you know, you, you don't have Helen Hunt making those comments. She knows that it's wrong. Yeah. Everybody around him knows how inappropriate it is. And yeah. I think as long as the movie is showing the audience, well, we know this person is awful, then in a weird way, although we don't like it,
1: yeah,
0: you know, as long as there's self-awareness there. You know, yeah, the, I will that, say, that, like,
1: when, when I was... Growing up, I was quoting this film, thinking there was no, oh, no. problem with certain of the things things yeah, that I was yeah. saying, and then you have to take a step and go actually, yeah, yeah no, it's, it, it it so th- that might that's a problem of it to be fair
0: for sure, but it's not really for somebody who doesn't have that. Mm. you know that side of them the intuition to know what's right and what's wrong like you know teenagers probably wouldn't understand it when watching it and they'd only gravitate towards the slurs and the comedy side of it but when you are you know older you're going to look at it with a totally different eye
1: what what teenage boy nowadays is going to watch as good as it gets i'm weird i'm a weirdo i was watching that all the time
0: there's plenty of them they just won't tell anyone (laughs)
1: yeah maybe um so i'll go for my second miss so Helen Hunt is amazing in this film. I am not taking anything away from her. She is absolutely spectacular. The scene where she breaks down crying
0: mm.
1: while trying to write the letter. Yeah. I think she went a little bit too far with the acting there.
0: I actually thought the opposite. But yeah. don't get me started on that letter. It was like 50 pages long. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. ridiculous. It made her look a bit nuts. But I think that's what they were trying Bernie to say.
1: Apparently was 18 pages. And in one, you know, in the cafe where she's like... She she has the letter out mm-hmm. and she's talking to him. They, she did a take where she read the entire letter.
0: Oh my god! It's insane.
1: That is insane. Um, I I I just think in in that one scene where she's crying, from a director's point of view. Okay. I think James L. Brooks could have pulled her back a little bit mm. from the from the crying because she's brilliant at emoting. She's really good and in the moment, but. I couldn't tell you right now what she said in that scene.
0: I don't think I could either, but I did think she was really good at it. She was really good, but, yeah. but
1: the performance or the emotions were overpowering the point Maybe, of the
0: scene. maybe that's... Like, I, I was watching it going, whoa, she's such a good actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe I... That's probably... I. Do I, you know what? You're right. I didn't hear anything she said i yeah. was just like she's really good so,
1: that's, that's so maybe
0: you are miss. right yeah yeah sorry
1: andrea just said i was right i just i'm so glad we I said maybe you were recording. right no no, no. What i'm right I'm no right.
0: if there's a maybe in front of it no okay,
1: okay. let's go for your second third second and second. final second and final okay
0: yes so my failure my second failure or miss is that i said that the last kiss in the final scene with uh, Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson was just disgusting.
1: Yeah, so that was never <laughs> supposed to happen.
0: Well, it was honestly... I, I forgot seven. to put
1: this in my movie-playing bit, but that wasn't supposed to happen. And apparently, while doing the scene, James L. Brooks shouted, kiss her from behind the camera. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It, it's not a great kiss. It's... Both of them. There's one that's supposed <laughs> to be bad, and then one that... Where
0: they try and fix it. Fix and it. Then, and it's still not anyway. When they fixed it, I was like is there going to be a third moment of let's do this again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like something you'd see at a teenage disco. Hmm. I was like, it's like two amateurs not knowing how to kiss. And it was such a beautifully romantic tale. And then they did that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. And I said it to you right afterwards. I was like, I feel like those two characters aren't going to last. Yeah. And part of it was because of the bad kissing. Fair I enough. I was like, nope.
1: I, I, they, they probably aren't going to last. But mm. anyway, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. On that kiss. Yeah, that's, it wasn't great. That's good. My third, I have a third miss. Okay. This is a bit of a serious one now. When we're talking about the people in, with disabilities, mm. there's something that I call the Finding Dory problem. Okay. In films.
0: Yeah.
1: And so you have, have you seen Finding Dory? Is I
0: haven't. Like, I've no. only seen Finding Nemo. So
1: Finding Dory, without too many spoilers, she's basically looking for her parents. Yeah. She remembers that she has parents. Obviously Dory Dory's um disability is that she she has a short term memory. Yeah. But she remembers she had parents and starts remembering different things about finding them. And I I don't know if at the end she might have perfect memory again. Yeah. Or something. But anyway, the problem with that is the message, I think. Okay. That if you have a disability, mm. you can simply it's very simple to overcome it
0: yeah right oh yeah I so
1: understand. to do with and they, they don't overplay it but it's just that one bit where he forgot to lock the door when he comes into the house at the end mm. and he forgot to lock the door and he has this compulsion that he always has to lock it and turn the thing like five times every time and he didn't do it and it, it's because of the people around him or whatever and it's a lovely moment but mm. just in my heart i'm like is that the message
0: I understand. Awesome.
1: Now they kind of redeem it at the end, yeah. Where he's still not stepping on cracks, and then when he walks off with Helen Hunt, she's walking on it, that part of the path that has a load of cracks. Yeah, and he's walking has to walk on a smooth.
0: Yes, yeah, smooth yeah. one.
1: So. It, it, it's saying, "Oh, they can live in harmony together. They can figure each other out." Yeah,
0: and he's not totally mm.
1: fixed. As yeah, much. but it, it's still just that little bit of oh, because of because the film needed it, they put that in. But would that happen? Mm. And is that the message sent sent out?
0: I for him? I would like slightly disagree with you because there could be situations where you could be like you know coming from a mental health point of view more so than a disability side of it because Mm. I suppose people are born with disabilities we develop mental health issues unless they're genetic and I think with some situations like with OCD those things are developed from trauma and if somebody not all people I'm definitely not speaking for everybody here but if somebody has mild enough OCD that may or may not necessarily be medicated I feel that if you are in a really positive environment and you are with the right people, it would be easier to forget the things that bother you because okay. you're in a positive environment. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think that's probably what I would say is different between that and a disability. Fair. Like, we've said there is probably a link there to him being on the spectrum. Mm. So his personality, if that suddenly changed, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, now they're gone off the beaten track. But because yeah. it was like a quirk he had and part of a mental health disorder, I was like... Sometimes I think in those situations, if you are feeling really good about yourself and you've had a really positive transition, like the first transition for him was having a dog in his home, which probably wouldn't be easy for a lot of people with OCD. So if going from, you know, that extreme of, you know, locking the door as many Mm. times as he did to having all these new people and, you know, a love interest in his life, it could change that dynamic in your mindset. Again, it depends on how how unwell you are with yeah. it, I suppose.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm convinced then, but yeah, it's, it's one of those My things. I was because again, I'm not an expert in OCD. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how easy it is to overcome. I was just hoping, hoping it wasn't sending a message that you can get over. That it. you can.
0: No, I completely get yeah. where you're coming from, but I do think it does send a message to some to people again who are on a milder strain yeah. of it, who might struggle and might not necessarily be medicated. Yeah. Whereas I can't speak for anybody who. May be medicated because mm. I'd imagine if you've at if you're at that stage, it's extremely it's difficult, serious, yeah, do you know?
1: Jeez, we're we're just so real. I don't, yeah,
0: sorry, I got a can we got to get back to some of the
1: ridiculous <laughs> this. So yeah. that's the end of the hits and misses. It is. It is. So let's move on to the best part of the podcast: Connors' movies painting corner. I don't know what that was. Sorry, um, I'm just trying to make it silly now because we are so serious.
0: You know, you have to make it silly because the next part is going to be so serious.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. suppose. Right, movies painting. Number one. This film had so... No, will you focus on me, please? Sorry, Andrea was just completely distracted by how cute her sleeping schnauzer was.
0: I'll take a photo and I'll put it on the Instagram for everybody. Do Come it. on, I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> this film had a lot of cameos from a lot of either semi-famous actors at the time or now pretty recognisable faces. Are you done with the photo Yeah, word? I'm done. Okay, took like five (laughs) so among the cameos you have Brian Doyle Murray Bill Murray's brother oh yeah he plays a handyman in it Missy Pyle do you know her I know the name your dog's name is Missy sorry Missy uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Pyle you would recognise her from a lot of things she's in Dodgeball and she's in a a lot of things
0: okay
1: Uh, did you notice who the female cop was after the yes it was um, Maya Rudolph Maya Rudolph and I think her first sorry I have such
0: a fun fact for you about her you know, and this might shock a lot of people. You know the song, uh, oh god, I I can't sing this, but you know, the one it's like mm, la, 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 la. Yeah That's yeah. her mum, right? No way. But no. There's a part where it's like Maya, Maya, Maya or something like that. Oh, and it's it was a lot of I'm probably singing it wrong, but that was it was a lullaby originally from Maya.
1: That's a really good fact.
0: Right? That is well I only saw done. it yesterday and I thought it was a joke. am not
1: even angry that you're yeah. hijacking so, my so
0: moment. Yeah, so cool. Anyways, that's, on.
1: that's a cool fact. Uh, other cameos in the film. You have Jamie Kennedy and Skeet Ulrich, both from uh, sc- Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, films. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, no, more importantly, Riverdale. He's in Riverdale.
1: Not more importantly, no. Yeah. Uh, Julie Benz. She's the receptionist that says, how do you write women so well? And he, where he oh, says, I think yes. a man and take away reason and accountability. So I didn't I. know
0: her. Yeah.
1: Uh, Julie Benz. So she pops up in Desperate Housewives. Okay. Um, but she was also in Dexter. That, that, that's the one I know her the most from. Okay. The doctor is Harold Ramus from Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and also director of Groundhog Day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Yardley, I don't know how to say her name, Yardley Smith, <laughs> who plays, uh, she like Simon's assistant or something like that. She is the voice of Lisa Simpson.
0: Oh yes, her yes yeah. yes.
1: yes. Uh, she also her character is called Jackie Simpson. In this, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so funny.
1: And the, James L. Brooks, the writer director, is one of the main writers or was I don't know if he still is of the Simpsons. Ah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the two Jewish people sitting at the table in the in the cafe.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That he says, appetite's not as big as your yes. noses. Oh, um, so rude. They're what? played by Lisa Edelstein and Peter Jacobson who both went on to be uh, series regulars on House.
0: Oh MD. my god, She was one of the
1: main characters That's on it. That's so funny. Um, and this is all well well before it. So, mad. I have a couple more but I'm saving them. Okay. S- number two. This is just all the people that were rumoured to have been considered for roles in it. Uh, the two people who I could find were briefly considered to play Melvin, Bill Murray, and John Travolta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I believe the Bill Murray one.
0: I do too. <laughs> I can't really imagine no. John Travolta.
1: Uh, for Simon Greg Kinnear's role, Woody Harrelson auditioned, mm-hmm. and John Cusack was offered the role.
0: Okay, I I can kind of see John Cusack yeah. doing that. Do you know I lo- that. I I, I really love, like him.
1: Yeah, I love him, and he was. He, he chose, I think he was too busy doing Gross Point Blank at mm-hmm.
0: the time. Oh, right. a film.
1: I want to make you watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the role of Helen Hunt's mother,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Betty White was offered the role. Yeah. But she turned it down because she wasn't happy about the dog being thrown down the trash chute.
0: That's a re- I would be the same. Oh my gosh. God uh, rest, Betty White, she's a saint.
1: Uh, for Carol... Mm-hmm. I've got three. Uma Thurman was considered, but mm-hmm. they decided she was too young. Yeah. Melanie Griffith was offered, but she uh, got pregnant. And God
0: damn it, with J- Dakota Johnson? Not with
1: Dakota Johnson. Oh, no, actually, uh, Stella Banderas? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Courtney Love said she turned down the role.
0: No. Oh. Interesting.
1: Said she thought she was too young. I don't know if I agree with
0: that.
1: I'm taking my time with these. I need to get qu- quicker.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, number three. Jack Nixon has worked with this director four times, including Jack Nixon's last film, How Do You Know?
0: Oh, yeah. Which
1: is not good. Quite sad. And I think that might have been the last time James L. Brooks has directed a, a feature film. As okay. Well. Uh, it's not good, but, but I want to come back to that film later on. Okay. Um. This is great. So the original title of the film was Old Friends. Yeah. Not good. Hans Zimmer was the one suggesting to change that. Yeah. But the title, when it was released in Hong Kong, do you ever see the translations? No. For whatever reason, it was called Mr. Cat Poop. (laughs) I don't know what cat poop, what the reference to that was. but uh, Maybe
0: it was just like a direct... Weird translate. I don't know. It's strange. I don't know.
1: It's very, very strange altogether. Uh, number five, Greg Kinnair had a hard time getting on with the dog.
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: I don't, don't know. I didn't see any so, stories about it, but yeah.
0: So maybe, maybe this was meant to be a totally different story and when the dog is actually not going near him, he I actually know. didn't it want just to. just didn't like him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that dog was so precious.
1: It was. And sticking with the dog, I've got yeah. two more facts about the dog. Oh, yes. uh, there were six... Dogs playing that dog, total. Oh. Uh, their names were Timer, Sprout, Debbie, Billy, and Parfait, but Jill was the star dog. Okay. So she, she probably did all the best acting. Some seriously good acting from that dog.
0: Yeah, like, amazing.
1: Probably the best. I, I I love a lot of dogs in, on film, but that acting, phew, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't Oscar know I,
0: nominated dogs, Absolutely.
1: Like. Uh, there's one scene. Mm hmm. Obviously, where the dog is stepping over the cracks.
0: Oh my oh. god, yeah. So, cute.
1: so the way they achieved that is they put little obstacles on the cracks that the dog had to step over, and then they removed it digitally. Oh. Interesting, right? And
0: here was I thinking the
1: dog was just I know. An
0: absolute genius.
1: Absolute genius. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, this film was nominated for seven Oscars. Mm-hmm. It won two. Okay. Jack Nixon and Helen Hunt. Uh, so Greg Kinnair was nominated do you yeah. know who beat him? No. Pretty, pretty good. Robin Williams for Good Will Hunting. Ah. Uh, you can't yeah, take it away fair. from him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Damon, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck also beat the the screenplay. The okay. One, screenplay. Yeah. Um, the film was nominated. So the two wins were for Nixon and Hunt. The film was nominated for best picture and this is an amazing best picture year. Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: Yeah.
1: LA Confidential. I haven't gotten you to watch that yet, but no. I will. The Full Monty.
0: Mhm.
1: Goodwill Hunting. As good as it gets. And then the winner, Titanic. Oh, okay. Which pretty insane. Yeah. So Helen Hunt beat out Kate Winslet for Titanic. Fantastic. All right. Uh, there's also one crazy fact. Jack Nixon is the only actor to have won best actor for a film where the film also won Best Actress. Oh. And that's happened twice. Okay. Yeah. Mental with that. And uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This film had a budget of 50 million. Which, like, uh, I mean, it must just go to the actors. I mean, Jack Nixon must have got, like, 20 million for that film. Because yeah. it's, it's people in rooms talking. Yeah. Know? So, I don't know where the money went, but there you go. It made, worldwide, $314 million. Wow.
0: Well, it's
1: pretty pretty amazing
0: actually
1: yeah uh rot so my rotten tomatoes metacritic imdb stuff rotten tomatoes what do you think it got 98%
0: 86 what
1: metacritic 67 oh my god and imdb 77 with an average rating of 76.6
0: oh i would This is
1: low it's that's not That's really low it's not a beloved film
0: oh I love it
1: yeah me too don't know that's the end of my movie spinning corner Yeah, I'm just gonna go on my phone while Andrea does <laughs> no, her lookalike don't. corner don't be rude let's go. let's go we're making this a long podcast so let's go quick this is super well you're gonna have to bear with me because I lost it Rawr. Okay, here we
0: go you didn't bear with me <laughs> sorry okay I, I bared you didn't sorry okay. <laughs> Okay, everybody, welcome to my look-alike corner, the best part of this whole podcast. Okay, so this was something that I noticed while watching the film, and I'm not saying that these two people look alike, but they bear a resemblance, especially... So the amount of times
1: for the look-alike corner <laughs> where you go, right, I'm not saying they look alike, it's like that's literally sorry, the point sorry, of the corner. Sorry, sorry, sorry is I'll, this your corner? I'll no. show up.
0: Yeah he's literally just shut up and sat back like okay. you didn't see me doing that when you were movie explaining yeah well, my stuff is interesting okay go cool. hmm. so I, I you're gonna laugh at it but there is a resemblance so I think that Jack Nicholson and especially since the other person has gotten older it's something got to do with the way they express like their expressions and if for anyone who might disagree with this go and watch as good as it gets and tell me otherwise he reminds me of Mel Gibson are you gonna laugh no do you agree?
1: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but I need your input. Um, Jack Nixon and Mel Gibson, There's, no.
0: There, I can't explain it when Old I was watching man, it. that's all. No, there was something about his, his facial expressions at times. And I was like, oh my gosh, he actually has very okay. similar expressions to. I think
1: this is the one where everyone's going to turn against you. because. No, you know. I, I think everyone
0: who is about to turn against me needs to go and watch the movie and then tell me otherwise. All right. So that's that one. Uh, Greg Kinnair reminds me of and you're going to give out to me for this but I've said this before I think Um, so no he doesn't look like them first of all it's a reminding type of vibe Um, so Bruce Willis and uh, Michael Keaton and the reason I say this is Greg Kinnair was in uh, Friends wasn't he yeah yeah so for years I was like Michael Keaton (laughs) for years I was like oh you know Michael Keaton and Friends so there's definitely something similar. Greg air,
1: famously blonde. Michael Keaton famously balding. For
0: yeah, but not Daniels in his early one. days. Not in his early days. He's
1: been balding for a long time.
0: Yeah, but look him up when he was younger and stop. Just stop. Okay. The next one is, and I think you might agree with me it's here. because of these. No, no, I think you might agree. Go on. Excuse me.
1: Go on. Go on.
0: Says the man that went on. Uh, Helen Hunt reminds me of Jodie Foster.
1: <sighs> I think I might have confused someone when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. See, <gasps> so, it's happened. Yeah, no, that's, it's that's happened. Right.
1: That's an all right one. That yeah. See,
0: there's something about their mannerisms, and they yeah. kind of look alike as well.
1: Yeah. There's a bit of something there. Yeah. No. Oh my god. I feel so. I feel so good. You know, weirdly, Helen Hunt always reminds me of a girl I shifted in the Guelfult.
0: That's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. So she was like really mature for her age.
1: She had a really mature face. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh. But I just remember yeah when I met that girl I was like "Geez, you look like Helen Hunt yeah, I didn't weird. say it to her yeah, but yeah <laughs> that is weird <laughs> any more?
0: Uh, oh I have another one in my head so this is going to offend someone Jack Nicholson reminds me of what Jude Law kind of looks like now
1: <laughs> there is there is the picture famous picture yeah. went, went out a few years just, ago
0: just look up Jude Law 2020 yeah
1: yeah that was really funny
0: and I have one more
1: Oh, Jesus. Go on.
0: Missy reminds me of the dog.
1: Your dog reminds you yeah. of the dog. And yeah. The... Okay. The cool.
0: little beard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All
1: dogs have beards. Okay. Great stuff. We done? Yeah. We done. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the movie playing questionnaire. Okay. Ten quickfire questions for both myself and Andrea to answer. So, number one. Favourite performer of the film? Actor, director, script, animal?
0: Uh, the dog. Um, and also Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. I feel like evenly throughout, I enjoyed both of them. Like Greg Kinnear was amazing as well, but
1: they mm. still the show in my eyes. They are brilliant. I'm gonna go for the dog and also <laughs> the script. I think it's
0: yeah, it's, it's great. Full of
1: little gems and it's got oh, an amazing, brilliant scenes.
0: amazing writing.
1: Uh, the quote to live by.
0: I'm really sorry. I have so many. Okay, <laughs> okay. My first one is. I want to do the accent, but I don't want to do the accent. I want to be like, my compliment is... (laughs) Oh, impression. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry. uh, But I can't, so I'm just going to say it. So my compliment is, that night when he came over and told me that you would never... All right, well, you were there. You know what you said. Well, my compliment to you is, the next morning, I started taking the pills. And then he says, you want to make me be a better man. Are you you making me want to be... (laughs) You butchered it. You
1: butchered it. You make me want to be a better man. I was
0: getting stressed. That's number one. I'm not done. I have like a quote from all three of the main
1: actors okay brilliant. so
0: carol or hmm. helen her uh, hers one is and it's funny and it just reminds me of you why can't i have a normal boyfriend just a regular boyfriend one that doesn't go nuts on me <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh, then the final one which was said by simon or greg canair is melvin do you know where you why no do you know why you are so lucky you know who you want mm. And that's, I was like, good. that's Lovely, but do you know what? It's so hard. To pick so a quote. many quotes
1: in this film. It's so good. The one I went for was actually Simon saying to Melvin, "The best thing you have going for you is your willingness to hum- humiliate yourself." Oh, I
0: was gonna that's use that one. I quote. love it. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, other ones. Uh, how do you write women so well? Yes. I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. And that's so rude. <laughs> it is so, so good.
0: Rude. And I actually feel like that's just something that yeah. Jack Nicholson would say.
1: Yeah, I think the yeah. entire scene. No, I'll come back to it um, for the next bit, but then I th- there's there's a couple more that I'm blanking on now, mm-hmm. but ones I would just quote for yeah days and days. The, it's they'll, brilliant. They'll all come back to me. Um, favorite scene? What's your favorite?
0: Well, obviously the restaurant scene, mm-hmm. like that's beautiful and emotional. Um, but um, I also really like when Jack Nicholson is singing to the dog <laughs> and he's playing always look. On the bright side of life on the piano.
1: Andrea had to read that because she didn't know the title of the song. It. I couldn't remember it. She hasn't seen the Life the of Brian, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my favourite scene. You make me want to be a better man. Mm, Simple. Beautiful. I don't I don't think it can be beaten. Recasting the film.
0: I can't recast it. I'm okay, sorry. I've got
1: it. All right. I don't I don't know if you, you have. Okay. I'm very proud of this. So, as Sidemen. Go on. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I can see it. Okay.
0: Yeah, fair oh. enough.
1: Now, as... Melvin and Carol I went for I went for the exact same age difference and this might okay. this might feel weirder okay. but I don't think I don't know if it's any weirder but anyway as Carol Brie Larson
0: it's not the worst I didn't know who you were going to say there I was I worried think she's that's actually not brilliant. that bad yeah. we've yeah. seen
1: her being a mother in things and she, she's great she's yeah great,
0: and she'd be really good at like being sassy yeah. at him
1: Yeah, you know, as the man and I don't think you've seen him act Okay. Oh God, okay. But he is so good. Mark Marin. Okay. All right. It's exact same age difference. They're the exact same really? age as 34 and 60.
0: Gosh, he seems like he looks younger than sixty. I think
1: um, he's, he he's not older, older. He, d- he doesn't. He doesn't. You haven't seen him act. No, I haven't. You should watch Glow on Netflix.
0: Uh-huh. It, yeah,
1: he is brilliant in it. He's a revelation of an actor in that, and I think he could he can play the grumpy okay. thing so well. I'll give it to you. I'm so proud of. Well my done. Re-faxing.
0: I actually am really proud of that. Like, <laughs> I really, I just couldn't. It was actually agitating me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to cast anyone. Else. No,
1: I, I I wouldn't have either. But if yeah. you had, if you had to,
0: and do we a all know who would play the dog.
1: <laughs> You're not missing. Brilliant. Phone watch. How often were you tempted to pick up your phone?
0: I wasn't. Me
1: neither. It's brilliant. This film made me want to watch.
0: Um, I wanted to watch Something's Gotta Give and...
1: I've got this. Wait. What Women what Want. What Women Want. Uh, yeah, and it was funny because I was like, that. oh my
0: gosh, she's in that as well.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Really good. I went for that film I mentioned already, How Do You Know? The mm-hmm. last film of Jack Nixon... Mm-hmm. that he and he working working with uh james l brooks so i did not like this film when i first saw it
0: yeah
1: i'm willing to give it another go okay and having said that i don't like it there was one scene that was up there yeah. with the um you make me want to be a better man scene mm-hmm. where paul rudd is professing his love where he's gotten a yeah, gift yeah. for reese witherspoon and i won't ruin it for you but he the gift is play-doh and he goes into the speech and it's pretty well okay. written speech okay so i just want to give that film one more chance okay okay I'll could this film be a west end musical
0: um like, yeah like, like a a you know i think it could be a play
1: it could be a play it if when harry and sally can be a play this
0: could yeah be. yeah yeah i'm with you there yeah
1: what is the mcu connection is there one do you have any idea no this is actually very obvious to me oh so there's two one is a an actor called Wood, Har- Wood Harris. Okay. Uh, when Melvin's getting kicked out of the restaurant and everyone's applauding, mm-hmm. and he asks, um, well, it looks like a kitchen porter, uh, for Carol's last name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, his name is Wood Harris. He's most famous for playing the villain in the first few seasons of The Wire, mm-hmm. Avon Barksdale. Yeah. Brilliant actor in that. But he also pops up as a cop in Ant-Man.
0: Oh, very good. Very and then good. the
1: other... You know the restaurant manager
0: mm-hmm. who kicks him out. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that actor's name is Shane Black. He is the director of Iron Man Three. Oh my god. Of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys. He is a very very accomplished He's well, actor. Yeah, He's yeah. acted like the only two acting credits I can think of is this and weirdly Predator. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he is. Uh, he yeah that there, I have two very well cool done. ones as well well done thank you <laughs> thank you how many stars are you giving this film uh five yeah i'll give it five um would you watch it again yeah absolutely repeatedly
0: yeah
1: right smartiness meter on a scale of one to ten. how smarty was i on um
0: this? see i enjoyed it this time because <laughs> i really like the movie so i'm gonna give you like a three
1: a three that's the lowest so far i think
0: yeah obviously
1: (laughs) but you i think you talked almost more than i did
0: i think i got a little smarmy as well you did
1: you did i'll give you an eight
0: i'm joking i'm
1: joking right so thank you so much for listening folks that's all from us that's our eighth episode so we are an independent podcast, as always. If you would like to support us and help us grow our listenership, you can do that in three ways. One, follow us on Instagram at movies playing to my girlfriend. Share our posts, share the podcast episodes from Spotify to your stories, to your friends and family. Please share, share, share. Uh, number two, subscribe to the podcast on whatever app that you listen to your podcast. And three is to go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating, and write a review. The review is very important. It uh, massively helps us with the uh, helps us get more listeners, be discovered more easily. Next week, what are we doing? So
0: moving away.
1: See, though, <laughs> Andrea is has got a big move ahead, so we might actually be delayed. Just yeah. so you know, guys. Yeah. But uh, we will be back.
0: We'll do our best.
1: And this is a film that I adore. We talked about it. I can't remember. No, The Departed.
0: Oh yes, another We said we wanted to do another
1: Jack Nicholson. You see, I was tempted to actually replace that with a uh, few good men.
0: Whatever one you want. Decide right now, though, so some, I... like, these people know.
1: The Departed. The Ooh, Departed. Okay. Uh, yeah, The Departed. I'm happy with that. Okay. Right, so this episode was brilliantly produced and edited by Andrea Ty. Our excellent theme song was written by Dar O'Brien and performed by Dara O'Brien and Kathy, Kathy Gardner. Jeez. Connor does not have to talk anymore. He gets to go back to sleep. We will see you next week, folks. Goodbye.
0: Bye. So guys, we got Alex's uh, little review, which we want to share. So if you want to tune in, this was completely recorded without her knowing, by the way. Um, he has OCD and he, and he takes in a dog.
1: Oh, that was another shot.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.